Good evening, everybody. We are here with our Q&A session 171. We thank God for His goodness, for His mercy, His loving kindness. Tomorrow, of course, uh, is our church anniversary. Actually, it was June the 1st, but we usually keep it for the third week, hoping it rains. But this year, we didn't have the rains. So whether it rains or not, we are going ahead with it. Like Jesus would say, whether you are ready or not, here I come. So, but we thank God for His goodness. Today we have a full crowd. <laughs> you can't see them, but the studio is full. And uh, before we go to the questions, let's look to the Lord. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you. We praise you, we worship you, Lord. Once again, we give, thank, give you thanks, Lord, for every opportunity you give us to magnify your name to minister to your people in any format, Father. Even in Q&A, Lord, we hear often so many are blessed. So we thank you for those who send the questions. We thank you for all your children who are listening online, offline. And we pray for us that you give us the wisdom, the discernment to answer, Lord. For Father, one question, one answer can change somebody's life forever, Lord. We see that in the Bible, Lord. And therefore, we commit ourselves and this time into their hands. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor Peter. Pastor, this is the first question uh, regarding uh, grace and works. Question number four. This is an overflow from last week. Question number four. Uh, salvation is by grace, but our eternal rewards are earned by our righteous works. Please, can you explain if salvation is by grace, how... Uh, there are <clears throat> two works here. One is the work of salvation. That is entirely the work of God. Because, uh, simply because by the nature of man's fall, as David would say in Psalm 51, we are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. So we are automatically disqualified from salvation. You cannot work for your salvation because we begin our life on earth disqualified because we are born sinners. We are born as sinners, so we are disqualified. Therefore, salvation is entirely the work of God. That's what it means by grace. Unmerited favor of God. So don't take grace and make it into something which does not have substance. That grace is Jesus Christ. Salvation by grace means believing completely in the work which Christ did. From the beginning, that we, we looked at it as many stages. One, his birth had to be without sin. So he's born of God. Mm. He's not born of Joseph. He's born of God. Mary is just a vessel, but he's born of God without sin. Second, he has to live his entire life tempted at all points, but without sin. We only look at the cross, but he cannot go to the cross if anywhere on the way he has goofed up. So he has to live his entire life <coughs> without a spot of sin. And then he goes to the cross. When he goes to the cross, our sin is laid upon him. Okay, And then he dies for our sins. That's the judgment, our sin, wages of sin is death. He takes the death for everyone who believes. That's still not enough. He has to rise from the dead. Otherwise, death is more powerful than anything else. So, 
That's why the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm. So you have to believe in all, if you believe in his uh, virgin birth, which Muslims believe, okay, it's there in the Quran. They believe in his righteous life. They believe, but they don't believe he died on the cross. Mm. They don't believe on that. And therefore, so, therefore, okay. So you need to realize you can believe in many of these things, but if you don't believe in the resurrection, then uh, you won't rise. Hmm. You won't rise. Okay. So you need to understand what does salvation is because sometimes it, it becomes a cliche. Salvation is by grace. But what does it mean by grace? It means God so loved the world, he sent his only son. That's the work we believe in. Okay, we believe in. So once we believe in that work, what happens is we are born again. Okay, like I said, the the proof of the pudding is you're born again by the Spirit of God. He comes and he comes eternally. You are sealed for the day of redemption. He comes in. Now if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, words 8, 9 and 10 gives you this question's answer in nutshell, but we shall go more than that. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself it is the gift of God. Mm. Okay? It is the gift of God. Not our works. Meaning you can't work for your salvation. That is the sad part of religion. Sad part of religion. And a lot of people if you were ever to get a tour of hell will not be bad people. Mm. Many, many, many good people are in hell because they refuse to not put trust in their works of righteousness and in the work, work of Christ alone. It is a gift of God, not of works. What works? Works of righteousness. Or like, no, that's why Hebrews 6, 1 will say, repent from dead works, which means the sinner should repent that his evil work will take him to hell and put his trust in Christ alone. Because there are a lot of people who walk in that I'm, I am, I'm finished. I can never come out of it. I'm good, good for nothing. Hmm. Okay. But it is a good no for nothing people Jesus came to save. Hmm. And there are the others who are very righteous and they will not believe that their sins will take them down. One sin is enough to take you down. So you need to realize that is the first two works there. Verse nine, not a works lest anyone should boast. Then verse 10 talks of the second part of the question. For we are his workmanship. He has created us new in Christ Jesus. Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Yes. Now that works is post-salvation. This is where our rewards will come. For good works. But remember, it is not like the good works of religion. Mm. Yes. It's not the good works. So don't get saved and then revert back to religion. No. Which God prepared beforehand. beforehand. So everyone sitting here, so many sitting over here. There will be a common set of good we all have, but there are different works we are called to do. Different works we are called to do. That each one has to know. This is what God. If, honestly I'm telling you, if the worldwide church, the saved people of God, all of them, were to know what they were called to do, all the crisis in the church would end in one day. In one day it would finish. Because each one knows what he is supposed to do. There will be no lack in the church. There will be no shortage of power. 
purpose will be very clear. The church would go ahead like an absolutely, totally trained army, unresistible, mm. and Jesus would come. But this is where the issue comes. Each one is not working, walking in the works God has prepared for them. Okay, so let me let me tell you the danger of it. The danger of it is that, let us say, let's put the example from the Bible. <clears throat> Jacob has 12 sons. God loves them all. Okay, because they are going to be Israel. But only one son has discovered what his purpose is. When all 12 should have discovered. So you know what? The weight of the entire household falls on him. Mm. He's actually doing 12 people's work. And one man's work. Twelve people's work. He's doing. And that's, that's history. Throughout Israel's history is the same thing. God has 600,000 men and their families he's planning to bring out of Israel. But only one man is able to hear from God. So the weight of six million people or two million people, families, 600,000 families, falls on the shoulders of one man. Neither his brother nor his sister is actually to find their works and walk in them. Instead, they are opposing him. Mm. So we need to understand how judgment is going to be on eternity. First thing, let me tell you about this. All those who are saved, you will be never judged for your sin. There's no condemnation. You will never be judged for your sin that Jesus took. So don't fear that. There's no condemnation. You'll never be judged for your sin. But you will be judged for your works. Judged for your works. This has got to do with rewards. rewards. Now if you come to Hebrews 6 and verse 1 and 2. Okay, it talks about the five fundamental doctrines on which, right? Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead. Once the dead are resurrected, what happens? It is judgment. And that nature of that judgment is it is eternal. Because you have moved into eternity. It is your time. It's eternal. So each one is going to get for, let, let us think like simple to explain with you when the young ones can understand. Let us say all of India, okay? Like Andhra, Telangana alone, around 500,000 kids around, I think maybe less, maybe more, right? The class 10 exam. So imagine all of India, how many students write the class 10 exam. That is a basic to go anything forward in the system. And you get only one chance. Think about it. All of, all the kids in India write class 10 exam. You have only one choice. One chance. And that decides your destiny till the day you die in India. Think about it. Okay. You don't stop because you didn't do well in the exam. You don't stop ceasing being Indian citizens. But what you will be will, will be different. Mm. Okay? Yes. So God is fair. God is absolutely just. Everybody in the kingdom of God, like I keep telling the church, is given the same opportunities. First, everybody is given the same spirit. Nobody is given another spirit. Everybody is given the same spirit. But the measure is decided by you. Mm. You can decide the measure by your surrender. So Jesus was filled without measure. Second, everybody is given one book. 
only one textbook. Nobody is given two textbooks. Nobody is given three textbooks. One textbook. Then in addition to these textbooks, it's up to you how many others you want to listen, learn, prepare, all that. So one spirit, one, one book, one word, and everybody is given only 24 hours a day. Pastor doesn't get 25. New believer doesn't get 23. Everybody. So you need to realize that is how it works. Talents may differ, but don't worry. You are not judged according to your talents. You are judged according to what you brought. Faithfulness. Yeah. Whether you are faithful or not. One was given five, he brought ten. Another was three, he brought six. The words were the same. Words were not different. Okay, so it doesn't matter. So this is how judgment will take place. So this is talking about the nature of the judgment is eternal. Nature of the judgment is eternal. Now if you go to First Corinthians, okay, First Corinthians and chapter three. Okay, let's go to words eleven, three eleven onwards, eleven to fifteen. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So it's talking about salvation. You are saved by grace and grace alone. That's the foundation. After that, God is talking about how you build. Now, building our lives post-salvation uh, is in our hands. See, you need to understand uh, free will. It's a very powerful and a very dangerous thing. It's a very powerful and a very dangerous thing. God will never take free will away from us. Never take free will away from us. Okay? So we have to choose each day how we are going to build. Next, it is written over there are the material. Foundation for everybody is saved. Saved by grace. The work of Jesus Christ. So everybody is at the cross is level ground. Everybody comes through the cross. Then, how are you going to build? What is the material you are going to use? So, illustration. Now, he is using this as a construction project. You have gold, you have silver, you have precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Then, it becomes, each one's work will become clear. Not now. Hmm. For the day will hmm. declare it. What is the day? It is called the day of judgment. The day of judgment will declare it. Nobody knows till today. Only that day will declare it. Don't assume, oh, this one will get crowned, that one it will crown. No, nobody knows. Mm. Okay, I mean, you can know like Apostle Paul and all. Okay, it is written in scripture, so God allowed him, but the Spirit will give you confirmation. Okay, but that's if you confirmation, usually, you know, it's for yourself. Okay, to encourage. For the day will declare it. Why? Because it will be revealed by fire. So, there it is, fire. <laughs> okay, Fire will test each one's work, what sort it is, what kind of work it is. If everyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. Your work should endure. It should come through the fire of God's testing. On that day, it should come through the fire. Okay? And then, Verse 15. 15. If anyone's work is burned, not him, not the person, work, work, work. he will suffer what? Loss. Loss. But he himself will be saved. What's the reason? The foundation came through the fire. 
That's a work of Christ. Christ came through the fire. Always will be come through. Okay. So everyone whose foundation is right will come through. So will come through. Like I told you about this illustration the pastor used the previous week is house that got burnt. And then he went through his rubbles. Everything was burned. Next day when he came, next Sunday when he was preaching at church, he had a different coffee mug. And then he looked at the coffee mug and he lifted it and said, you know what, it's made of clay, right? He said, you know what, uh, this is the only thing I um, could rescue from a burned down house. He said, you know why? Because this had already really gone through the fire. fire. Before it came. Mm. Already gone through the fire. Mm. So the second fire couldn't do anything to it. So Jesus has gone through, through the, the fire. fire. Gone through the fire. Mm. That's our foundation. We have put our faith in that. Okay, our faith is real. <clears throat> so we need to understand when it's talking about rewards, this is what it is talking about. Mm. Okay, this is what it is talking about. Now, if you go further down the line and you come to Second uh, uh, Corinthians, we're talking about our deeds. Yeah, Second Corinthians chapter five. We have to go to verse seven. Okay, 7 to 10. Second Corinthians, okay? Chapter 5, 7 to 10. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's why we are asked to walk by faith. Hmm. See, when you walk by sight, it is religion. The good works of religion. We are not talking about the bad, we are talking about the good works of religion. When you hmm. walk by sight. When you walk by faith, you're walking in the works which God has prepared for you beforehand. Because mm. you don't understand. Good works of religion it is easy to understand. Because religion tells you do this. Mm. The good works of faith you don't understand. Only by faith you understand. Only by faith you understand. Okay, understand. By faith we understand yes, is yes, about the yes, Bible. Yes. So the good works of faith and the good works of religion, somewhere they may overlap, but usually it is not the same. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. Because it is not specifically written. It is not written. It's not specifically written. So it is by faith. Now keep that there. We will come back to this, but go to Galatians 5, 6 also. Okay, 5, 6 also because it is important. Very important. For in Christ Jesus, I'm giving you how judgment will take, take place. place yes. Because this all got to do with, because see, if you go for an exam, but you don't know the syllabus, then how do you prepare for the exam? Mm. You need to know what are the subjects, what are the syllabus, you need to know, alright? And we are talking about annual exam, <clears throat> the final exam where the whole text comes, mm. okay? In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. But, okay, so we walk by faith, not by sight, but be careful. Be careful. Because what you hear all over the world, within the church platform, is faith, 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 faith. But be careful. Because many of the people who preach faith, if you look and if you actually meet them, they are very unloving. They are very unloving. Even in the Bible, they are very unloving people. Gideon is not a very loving person. Hmm. He is a giant of faith. He's not a very loving person. Samson is a giant of faith, but he's not a loving person. Moses is a man of faith, but a very loving person. 
Joshua is a man of faith, but we don't see much emotions or love or anything over there. So you have to look at it. Okay, so we have been a cloud of witnesses that surround us, but keep your eyes on Christ Jesus because He's the perfect example of faith working through love. Mm. So please be remember, faith alone is not. We walk by faith, but faith alone is not enough. So all these things. Only those who are in the race. Hmm. See, remember, race. A lot of Christians are saved, but they are not in the race. Okay, they are not in the race. That does not even factor in. I am in a race. At the end of the race, there is a reward. So for the race, I am doing, I have to do these, these, these things. Because the Bible says, only those who are in the race, you have to run according to the rules. So if the mindset becomes According to the race, you will start seeing, read the Bible differently, yes. and the Holy Spirit is able to show. Able to show. Mm. Okay, like you have sports period in school. The whole class goes. There'll be one or two fellows who are actually interested in sports. <laughs> so they wait, they listen to that PT teacher, and the rest of them listen to the PT. It's completely different. So you may have 100 people sitting in a church tomorrow. Let us say 100 people sitting in the church and the pastor comes and preaches. There may be two people who are in the race. The way they listen to the word and the others listen to the word will be completely different. Mm. Right? 600,000 people were brought out of Egypt. There were two people who were in the race called Joshua and Caleb. Therefore, the way they listened to Moses was completely different from the way others listened. But it was Moses who was speaking to everyone. All of them went through the same experiences. All of them went through the same trials. All of them went through the same temptations and the tests. But two people graduated because they were in the race. Okay, So we need to understand, this is, are you in the race? Are you in the race? Okay, are you in the race? And in this race, so you have to you have to factor these things out because this is the most mm. important thing in a believer's life. When you are unbeliever, the most important thing is to get in. For those who have gotten, the most important thing is, like I always say, two days in your entire life. First day is the day of death. And people don't realize everybody is preparing for that day. If you go to Hebrews 9 and verse 27. Okay. Everybody is going towards that day. You know, all of life is a preparation for death. Yes. Right? What is it? It is appointed, appointed unto every man to die once. once. And after that, judgment. there are two days. The day you die and the day you are judged. Two days. Ultimately, only two days matter. The day you die, how did you die? And the day of judgment, what will it be? Hmm. Okay, let me put it across. Okay, like an example so that everybody, even there are little ones you don't realize, four years, have a little question. The question from a four year old, he's four Josh. years old, uh, four years old, five years old. Okay, questions, they are also listening. Okay, you go through LKG, UKG, 10 years of schooling. That is called your school life. Only one day matters. The day your results come out. One day matters. The result is come out. Today everybody is on heart palpitation, typing your number out to see the results. You know what that is? Twelve years of labor. 
12 years of labor. So only two days matters. Two days matters. The day of death, the day of judgment. If you are blessed to be there when Jesus is coming, you don't die. The day of rapture and the day of judgment. Then judgment begins. Okay? And then, going back, we walk by faith. These are called... Second Corinthians 5, 7, 8, okay? These are the works of faith. We are called to do the works of faith. Faith comes from hearing. hearing, hearing from the word of God. The word of God is here and the spirit will guide you. He will guide you more and more and more. The more and more you surrender, he will guide you. But he will guide you. He is he's not a harsh taskmaster from Egypt. So don't confuse his voice with uh, the others. Okay, He will gently guide you. He will guide you through it. But he will not guide you if you don't surrender. He's not a demon. He's the spirit of God. Demons harass, oppress, do all kinds of things. The spirit of God won't do anything like that. That's mm -hmm. why when illustrations are given so that we understand the illustration of the Holy Spirit is a dove. Among all the birds, that is the most gentle of the birds. So he's given a spirit. So get these pictures in because we need to know all these things because to finish our race, Pastor Vijay will always talk about Federer and Nadal. Nadal. He will talk about Nadal and not about Federer. And one thing he will talk about Nadal is that he never changed his coach. Right? Yeah. Never. He never changed his coach. Okay? So he became number one became number one. Okay? So in the same way, God has given us a coach. He didn't say, okay, save now, do your own thing, and on that day I will judge you. He says, I have given you a personal coach. That's why he's called the guide, the counselor. He's there. And he's given you this book. Okay? What is the job of the coach? To see that you do well. Okay? And he wants to do Everybody he wants to do well. He wants everyone to do well because God happens to be our father. Mm. That's the reason. Okay, and All are his children. He loves everyone with an everlasting love. He cannot love anybody more. He cannot love anybody less. He loves everyone. But because he's righteous, he has to be just. He's a just father. So that's how it goes. So we walk by faith, not by sight. But don't Major just alone on faith alone, but always see, bring what? Love in. Mm -hmm. Okay? Do you want to go further into it? We'll read the first three verses of First Corinthians 13. So we get this clear because we are looking at the most important subject, compulsory subject for all believers. Do I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love? I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith, faith, all faith. So we are talking about faith, right? All faith. So I could remove mountains, but have not love. I am nothing. I am nothing. Mm. What does it mean? On that day, zero. you are zero. Zero. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, mm. though I give my body to be burned, you, what does it say? You can do all these things. Sacrifice without love. Sacrificially, you can do all, but have not love, it profits me nothing. nothing. On that day, it won't profit you. 
profit on profit you so get these parameters and you don't have to struggle for this people as people actually struggle but the thing is the, the solution is surrender because you see we need to start with this platform every day lord i don't have it so give it to me fill me with your love fill me with your love make me loving okay because he's the author of our faith he's the perfecter of our faith so he will fill us Amen. He will fill us with His love consistently, constantly. But we have to ask. Or usually we ask for all the stupid things which has no relevance in heaven. Mm-hmm. But the real things that are, have relevance in heaven, we don't ask. Then going back, okay? Going back to Second Corinthians 5, okay? Verse 9. Yeah. Not by sight. So we are talking about walking by faith mm-hmm. in love. Okay? We are confident. Yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, therefore, therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. That's important. That's an important thing. In Philippians also, Paul commends that church saying that not only you were obedient in my presence, but much more. Much more in my absence. Okay, that matters. If you look at the life of Joseph, he was very, very obedient when he was absent from his home. To be obedient in the presence of somebody to whom you are accountable, to be obedient in the absence of this person is something completely different. Okay, so that's what he's talking about. Verse 10 is the key. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Okay, that's where we will receive our rewards. Rewards, okay? Then, because we are talking, okay. Sammy, it's yours. But Sammy gets blamed for everything. (laughs) Okay, come to Matthew chapter twenty-five. Okay, Matthew chapter twenty-five and words twenty-one. 2021 or 21 is enough. This is a man who brought the talents 5 to 10. His lords, this is why we have to, if you're looking at one topic about rewards, then you have to dissect everything written in the word connected with that. This is what his lord said. And if you look at the pattern, this is his following chapter 24. In chapter 24, the disciples asked this question. What are the signs of, of the end of the age? So he's talking about the end. He follows it in chapter 25. Of course, chapter 25 was not there in the Bible. So done by editors. So it was a continuous. The Bible was continuous. But editors, for simplicity, ease, made this division. So after talking about the end, he's talking about judgment. Okay, from chapter 24, words actually 45 onwards, he's talking about judgment. In chapter 25, we'll talk about the parable of the ten virgins. Then he will talk about the parable of the talents. Then he will talk about the division of the sheep and the goats. It's all talking about judgments. Okay? So here is one line. Okay? He says, yeah, uh, we go to back to 25. Okay? 25, 21. Okay? His Lord said to him, so this is Jesus is saying, this is how I will tell you that day. Okay, you will never be asked to account for what was not given. Mm. First thing, you will be only called to give account 
for what was given. Okay. So people think, oh, pastor will be given more rewards because he was given so much. No. Actually, it's more dangerous to be a pastor. How many of you want to be a pastor? <laughs> James 3, 1, then we'll come back here. James okay? 3, 1. Because everybody wants to get into ministry. This is after this prosperity gospel came in. Before that, nobody wanted to be in ministry. James 3, 1. 3, 1, okay? James 3, 1. Like Jesus says there, what I tell you, I tell everybody in the Nepali church, every church I tell them, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Mm. There is no fun behind the pulpit, okay? There is no fun behind the pulpit, okay? You need to realize, okay? Children of Israel had to rebel technically ten times before God disqualified them, Moses once. Just once. Because to whom much is given, much is required, okay? So don't worry, judgment is very fair. You will be only judged by what was given. Okay, his Lord said to him, first thing the Lord said is, well done. Well done. Okay, well done. So whatever you do, do it well. Even if you are called to volunteer to sweep or swap the church or anything, do it well. Don't do a sloppy stuff like sweeping it under the carpet and leaving the corners and all. Because this won't come overnight. This is part of discipline. Mm. Discipline. You need to, whatever you are called to do, Lord, help me to do it well. A good job. Help me to do it well. Okay? So that it becomes part of your nature, your character. That's the first thing I believe Potiphar noticed in Joseph. He was a new servant. He's a Hebrew. He must have been given a small little task. But he noticed this guy is doing it very well. Okay? Then promoted him with a little, I, long ago I used an illustration. All the servants, this fellow was given a small little vegetable patch. But after some time he saw his vegetable patch is so neat, no weeds, it's always pulled out. He's given a small cubicle or whatever or maybe a dormitory, we don't know. But his section is always clean. Beds are folded, mattress, everything. He said, remember when Jesus rose from the dead, I tell you one thing, the mm-hmm. handkerchief was folded. This is a discipline. Mm-hmm. Because whatever you, it does not matter the nature of the work you do. Remember for whom you are doing. Mm-hmm. So do it well. Don't be sloppy. Yes. Somebody has to always come after you and clean it up. Be sloppy. Don't be sloppy. That's how we still start even with our children. We say, first you've been given a small space. Like our Jesus kid says, maybe one bed in a room. Even little ones, I go them once in a while and says, which is your closet? The little ones are all, which is your closet? I said, your closet doesn't look that good. And I said, who is that one? That's one. That is that Akas. I said, well, I'll tell you. One, your closet is not very neat. Then I will tell you the positive side. Your closet is neater than that Akas. Raka had 10 years, 15 years training. But you are better in a short time. You don't realize why these things matter. These things matter. Why? It will matter because you will take this into the big things Mm. of life. You will be sloppy. You will be sloppy. 
people do not realize a lot of marriages are a mess now it is not because they faced a big crisis because they did not learn to do things well in small things and they have brought that mess into their lives and either the husband or the wife is tearing their hair because they are trying to do one person is trying to do two people's job because you cannot say well done you take this into life you take this into eternity because the only thing you take from here into eternity is your character mm. you're not taking anything else not even this body is taken what is your soul that's your character so the first thing god says well done well done so do it well well done means simple instruction whatever you do do it well that's why we have these phrases or pro- phrases in english jack of all trades master of none should not be that it should be jack of all trades master of at least one mm. at least one master of one okay so the first thing is well done second is good we ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil nobody can escape it adam ate we all ate you cannot escape okay but the book of romans 16 19 says be excellent excellent in what is god 20 i think no romans 16 19 yes actually uh, you should you should put it in the niv or nlt nlt okay. is available be excellent in what is good and innocent yeah i want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about evil but today even if you take young children they are wise in what is evil <laughs> after the i mean it is a painful thing today's generation like i was i was when we talk we say you know when we grew up in our teenage and all we didn't we didn't even know though i mean we knew the word gay meant happy we didn't know what it means today we didn't know what homosexuality was we didn't know any of these things because we were innocent concerning evil it was not there it nobody talked about yeah, these things these were we were protected because these things were not there we were in so many ways compared to today's generation of young kids growing because in the environment we grew we were innocent about what was evil, evil. okay but that was not enough we were neither wise in what was good mm. we were not wise in good either so it one thing cancel the other out we were neither wise in good we were innocent in evil so we were like going nowhere the bible says something be wise in what is good you need to know okay now if you come to the book of uh, hebrews. hebrews chapter 5 uh, chapter 5 5 okay the bible says in verse 11 onwards 5 onwards to 40 oh we have he's telling the church in hebrews the writer of hebrews who are it is okay you have to understand his frustration paul is frustrated with the church in corinth but it's a corinthian church it's a gentile so came this is hebrews <laughs> hebrews is written to the jewish diaspora who are believer the jewish christians 
who have their background of the law. Mm-hmm. To them, he is saying, of whom we have much to say, hard to explain, because you have become dull of hearing. Why? For though by this time you ought to be teachers, mm. you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. food. Solid food. Mm. Why? For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. Mm -hmm. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now I'll tell you, okay, like we have our church. We are not talking about my church. I'm telling you. Our church is a much smaller church. And you have mega churches. I have noticed one of the fundamental issues, not all mega churches, some mega churches are very good. Fundamental issue of mega churches is that because the crowd is so big and the crowd keeps on changing, they can only feed them primarily milk. Primarily milk. You cannot give them more than that messages which is the primary teaching of the whether people should be coming to church to receive the oracles of God, the word of righteousness because they are being prepared how to do the works God has prepared, how to find it, how to walk in it, prepare for judgment. Mm. See, we, our kids spend eight hours or so in In school school. to prepare for a career in this world and you retire and you get or you don't get your retirement benefits. And the time that is spent teaching the word of God to prepare for people for eternal judgment and babies sit in the church and the word is 20 minutes or 25 minutes, they get upset because they do not know. You can't blame them. You can't blame them because they have not been told, taught, we are preparing you for eternity and this is how you will be judged. So there are babies sitting over there. They haven't learned how to discern between good and evil. evil good and evil. So what did the Lord say? First thing he said, well done. Second thing he said, good. So that servant had learned how to discern between good and evil. He had learned to discern. To discern. Well done, good. And the third thing is the most difficult thing. It is not easy. It is the most difficult thing in life. It is to remain faithful, faithful till the end. end. Faithful, remember the next word, servant. Faithfully keep serving till the end. Now we go to Revelation 14, if I'm right. Okay. Revelation chapter 14 and words. Is there, right? Uh, not 14, 14. The ones good, uh, yeah. The the call of children, the faithful. Seventeen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seventeen, seventeen, yes. seventeen. 17. Okay. Yeah. This is when Christ 17, comes. Seventeen, okay. fourteen. Seventeen, fourteen. Not fourteen. Mm-hmm. Seventeen, fourteen. These these are the ones who are with Jesus. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. For He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And those who are with Him. The rapture church, the overcomers, are with you. What are they called? called? They are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. 
So this is, you have to understand these criteria. You need to understand, you know. Don't get upset about it because, you know, we have to work towards it. And if you don't understand what you have to work towards, how will you work towards it? Okay, work towards it because mm. you're working for something that is, this is what it means to keep our, our hearts and our minds on things above or not. You are in a race. It's an eternal thing, you know. So we in the classroom when we were all teachers, we always used to tell them, okay, even as you study all your subjects, be exam oriented. Yeah. Ultimately, it doesn't matter how much you know of the subject. subject. If you don't do well in an exam, it still is not going to help you. Mm. You need to do well in your exam. Exam oriented. That's why I said, remember, we are all moving towards that day closer than we think. It's like I said, Unlike any other generation, the last generation does not have the luxury of time. Every other generation had the luxury of time because they know judgment will only come when I die. And you know, I'm not going to die so early. You die for 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, 102. Like the gentleman who got the equivalent to statistics, Nobel, is an Indian person He's 102 years old. He's one of the most, uh, most uh, decorated Indians. And if I were to ask you, none of us know his name. (laughs) But he's 102 years old. Okay? But the last generation doesn't have that luxury because no one knows the day and the hour he comes. You could be Hmm. just 20 years and he comes. You could be the 17 years and he comes. Okay, you don't have that luxury. The last Hmm. generation will never. That's why it is never told because each generation has to live as you are the last generation. Okay, so well done, faithful. Okay, so because it's a very important question or the most important question post-salvation. Now go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Okay, and verse 12. So let us go to verse 10. That is the best to start. 10. Okay. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Mm. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. So the KJV will put it better. Yeah. Put it in KJV. If you can. Just to 11 verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. The first thing we need to realize is in this race, it is not work first, it is rest Rest first. Because that's why the Bible will use in the Old Covenant, be still and know that I am God. It's only we have to labor to, because all the things are pulling us to do. But you have to enter into that rest. That is the pattern Jesus has shown us. The Bible will say, one of my favorite verses, when it was early in the morning, when it is still dark, Jesus arose, went to a deserted place, and he was praying. What is he doing? Enter into his father's rest. Why? I have a work to do today. But unlike him, okay, we are quite different. He's an itinerant preacher. 
meaning his schedule is not determined like us like i know i have to preach tomorrow in my church but unless i wake up in the morning and god specifically says i don't want you to preach today i know it's your anniversary but i am telling you i need you to go to this church and that's a suggesting and let pastor be there then i have to be obedient to that unless there is a change in plan we have our set format kind of set format sometimes god may digress it but usually he does in this he has to enter into that rest that's what he is doing over there is entering into his father's rest now understand the background previous day he has preached people were shocked by his doctrine he delivered people from demonic possession they said what is this even demons leave he's been healing the sick till late night the whole town has come the next day the town has gathered again bringing their sick and oppressed and again and he is entering into his father's rest and then he hears today you go to another place and preach that is what it means to enter into that rest and cease from your own works otherwise what will happen he will like most of us will say had a good days ministry i'm so tired i deserve my rest and he sleeps nicely and he wakes up late and then he hears peter comes and says rabbi master all the people have come and he says come let us go and heal them again but he did not hear hmm what his father the question is was the work that he did bad no it's not bad but that was not the will of his father hmm. that's not the will of his father the will of his father was completely different so the simple thing is that we are going to be judged not whether we just did good works whether we did the will of the father is good pleasing and perfect will and it cannot happen unless romans 1 says you have offered your body as a living sacrifice okay so the first thing over here is yeah go back to yeah that's fine that everybody knows that verse let us labor to enter into that rest let any man fall after the same example of unbelief let me go to verse 2 that's what i want to look at the word of god is quick it's quick quick meaning it doesn't the pastor doesn't speak very fast that's not what it means <laughs> it means it's very sharp it's very sharp powerful living and powerful sharper than any two edged sword piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit okay <clears throat> we are basically soulish creatures that is that is what god is trying to save us the end of our salvation of our faith is the salvation of our soul all our life we learn to live by our soul where is our feelings our emotions our will and our intellect mm. but god wants us to go beyond that to our spirit where the holy spirit will speak speak mm. speak okay division of the soul and the spirit joints and the marrows and look at it what is that is a discerner of the thoughts and, and the, the intentions. intentions of the heart so we are not only okay now keep it there okay brother and i'll call you come back to matthew chapter 12 fam right it is 12 chapter 12 yes 12 and verse 36 12 36 But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak they will give account of it in the day of judgment. 
so not only are our works going to be judged our words our words are going to be judged our words are going to be judged okay now we'll say wow my works i came through you're standing there in judgment okay on that day thank you lord so much works have come through the fire thank you thank you lord then your words are coming through lord almost 55% of my words came through the rest only got burned so i am still on a better side now we go to hebrews 4:16 Yeah, 4-12, 4-12, 4-12, 12 Okay? And the discerner of our thoughts and the intents of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Words were right. Mm-hmm. Works were right. Intentions Intention and thoughts. Right. Thoughts were right. But nobody saw your thoughts. Nobody saw your intention. Only God did. Now, he's not condemning you. He says, if you want to reign with me, the calling the destiny is great unbelievable <laughs> destiny you can't be an ordinary person mm. you have to be ex- that's why the whole purpose post salvation is to conform to the image, image of jesus christ, christ. Mm. so when jesus came through and is given the highest place that means his works all his works came through the fire mm. all his words came through the fire every intention came through the fire every thought to the fire there was nothing to be judged mm. nothing to be judged yes. now none of us nobody will come like that nobody will come like that that's why he's then somebody will be there equal to jesus nobody will be equal <laughs> to jesus okay nobody will come out, come out like that so we need to realize greater the rewards the greater the tests yes yeah. okay so this is where it comes this is where it comes mm-hmm. okay your work can be great your words can, can be great, great. the thoughts and intentions the thoughts and the intention okay now go to another portion and we'll close this question because it's got to do with right you know okay james chapter 4 and verse 3 okay let's read from verse 1 then the whole context becomes easier where do wars and fights come from among you okay among us is this talking to a church not talking to the world okay why are you always fighting among yourself or the wars within you among you within you do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members hmm. you lust and do not have you murder and covet and cannot obtain you fight and war then you do not have because you do not ask hmm. ask and you shall be received you do not have because you do not ask you ask but do not receive why because you ask and yes. you ask wrong that you may spend it on your own pleasures that is your intention mm. understand you know in the entire life of jesus christ he only heard once no three times he heard no but that's the same question only once father never said no to his any of his question answer or prayers every time it was yes because never did he ask amiss every time he asked it was never to spend on his own ease or pleasure once he asked father take this cup away from me no that was his flesh asking the father said no but he said not my will but your will be done okay only once his entire life you look at this so he's that's why i said keep your eyes fixed on christ jesus okay he's every prayer was answered there was never a situation in his life 
very prayer was never answered because he never asked Amos for selfishly something for himself. He never, only for himself, for his flesh, he never asked. Once he asked, father said, no, shall drink from that cup. And he said, it is well. And he went without any sulking, nothing. He went from there cheerfully. He went from there cheerfully. So we need to understand. So we have doctrine, we have a pattern. The pattern is Jesus Christ. Mm. Right? Yes. Go to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. The last two verses for this. It's connected with a race. It is written there. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, what should we do? Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares. Let us run with endurance. Endurance. That's the most important quality you will need in this race. Will you? This is not a hundred meter dash where you need power and strength. This is a lifelong. You need to endure. Will you endure? Will you endure? Run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking unto whom? Jesus, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. Endured the cross. Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne. We have all this we learn from. From Abel onwards, we learn from everybody. Positive. Negative, we learn from Adam onwards. Positive, we learn from Abel onwards. Okay, we learn. It's a cloud of saints. But keep your eyes fixed on Christ Jesus. There is only one person who got 100 out of 100. That was Jesus. So keep your eyes. And if you look at Jesus character the more he was perfect in all these things perfect in goodness perfect in faithfulness perfect in the way he did stuff even after resurrection falls and lives everything perfect in love everywhere bible says uh, whom he loved he loved them till the very end. Having loved his own till the end. Loved his own. John chapter 13. And they all betrayed him. They all ran away. But he loved them till the very perfect in love. So he's the model. Okay? So, and you, so don't get discouraged, depressed. You have, he's not just a guide. We'll say, oh, he's just a guide. He's the one who gives you the power. He's the spirit of grace. Wait until the spirit comes. When your spirit comes, you shall receive power and you shall be my witness. What is a witness? A witness is somebody who stays, I'm a witness of, of the truth, mm-hmm. of the life of Christ Jesus. That's the witness. We are the witness, true witnesses of the life of Christ Jesus. That's what we are. And it's a constant battle. From the time we are eyes open, the battle begins. And this is the battle we have to you, we have to fight each one. And on that day we'll get our rewards. And we are not in competition. Nobody <laughs> is unlike the world. We are not in competition. We are not in competition. Everybody can finish as overcomers. The father desires that. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, and the next question is also I think you should tackle this uh, on similar lines. Question number three. It says, this is talking about works there, we're talking about maturity also. Would you say the first commandment must come first in our lives and the 
and the church in our church before the church can come to full maturity yeah, always first commandment is always first first is always first unless no thou shall, says, no thou shall thou shall love yeah. the lord thy god with all your heart with mm. all your might all your strength this is the, the first, first and the greatest something is almost equal but that is the first you cannot you you know you can have two without one yes that's what you said sure you can have two without officially one. and what happens with two without one is that see this it should go together mm. you cannot have one without two you can hear clearly you cannot have one without two but you can have two without one you didn't get it you cannot have two without one but you can have sorry you cannot have one without two yes. but you cannot you can have two without one yes it's possible you read the gospel the epistle of john if any man loves god and does not love his brother he's not true so if you love god you have to love, love your brother. brother there's no way you are out of it mm. there is no way if you love god the proof is that you love your brother how can you love what you cannot see if you do not love what you see can't see yeah that's how the church operates so the proof of one the evidence of one is shown in two okay but you can have two without one in religion you can have two without mm. one they don't love god but they are very good in loving people you know all the they are not macha macha all love this mm. thing and all but they don't love god longer mm. okay so it's of no use ultimately so the greatest see that is where it starts it doesn't start with two because what you see in the christ so called within quotes christian western world is two without one that's why say you are being homophobic we are not homophobic we love god and we love you but we will not love you at the cost of loving god mm. but that's where they are demanding they are demanding because god is love so loving but love is not yeah, god mm. love is not mm. god mm. god is love but mm. love, love is, is not, not there they have made love oh, into god, god. Mm. love into god god is not so yeah if you love god then you love the person but i'm sorry i cannot approve of it then mm. they become militant no this lgbtq or whatever it is you know it is it it you don't have to have lgbtq ipx x red you don't have to that even in a home it can happen like that hope <laughs> like that no like if you let's let's bring it to the where it hurts right efficiency 526 husbands love 526 27 no uh, sorry not 23 23 onwards or 22 onwards okay has therefore wives submit your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church he is the savior of the body therefore just as the church is subject to Christ so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything and husbands love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her mm. so husband and wife is brought over there the problem is most of the fights in good christian homes good christian homes is the problem they have forgotten who their head is mm. husbands demand a submission as if they are christ <laughs> and they are most unchristly wives demand the husbands love them and give themselves over but they are not submissive as to the lord the problem is there is only one head here <laughs> head is christ 
hallelujah head is christ so wife submit your husband as unto the lord okay christ is brought over there husbands love your wives as, as christ, christ is brought over wow. there christ is over there and they will use the sword of the spirit slashing each other <laughs> saying this but the problem here is the problem is christ is standing there and watching what are you using my name in vain i am not here at all i'm not here at all christ is the center he is the focus mm-hmm. you know the wife the husband cannot demand submission unless christ is the head mm-hmm. the wife cannot uh, demand that you love me unless christ is the head mm-hmm. okay so it it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. so we have to see where in all the, this is the first commandment if you look uh, no if you go towards uh, first corinthians 11:3 okay corinthians 11:3 no it says very clearly i want you to know the head of every man is christ the head of woman is man and the head of christ is god he says he is the pattern he would never ever in thought in intention in word in deed ever do anything subvert subvert mm-hmm. the authority of the father in his life never That's a super Never. Mm. So he is saying, my son showed you the way. Oh man, my son showed you a way. Oh woman, my son showed you a way. In headship, oh man, my son showed you a way. In submission, oh woman, my son showed you a way. He is the prototype for mm. both man and woman. If you want to talk about headship, man, I am the head of the house. He says, look at my son. he showed you what headship was woman says submission submission he says woman look at my son he was submission personified so both of you look at him mm. that is the first commandment no so you cannot have anything without the first commandment if as an individual as a family mm. as a church we have to the internal growth we are talking about not external growth external growth you can use business tactics commercial tactics internal growth is completely different as the outward man even though the outward man is perishing the inward man is being renewed from glory to glory inward man matters and for the inward man to be changed these parameters have to be met So it does not matter i mean the whole thing is like i said you are running your own race so you have married and unmarried people over here to the married people i would tell you that it does not matter if the other one hmm. your spouse the man or the woman is disinterested and actually hostile to your race it actually is you can work it out for your own good hmm. okay joseph if you look in his life everybody was hostile mm. but he finished well <laughs> their hostility did not change him for the worse mm. he turned it around for his good okay so the simple thing is this this is the first and the most important commandment is this love god not love man that's the second commandment love god with all your heart with all your soul with all your might with all your strength why why is it so important i'll tell you why we have looked at it in other contexts too romans 8 and verse 28 828 
we know that all things work together for the good mm. and that's what and we stop there <laughs> so it doesn't work together for everybody's good no it does not mm-hmm. it works together for the good of those who love, love god. god that's why god is saying if you love me it will work for your good because if you love me you will obey me and even when you don't like what i am trying to tell you you will still obey me because you love me and then i am able to work it out for your good Okay, so all things work together only for those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. It doesn't work together. So God says, if you really love me, it doesn't matter what happens in your life. It doesn't matter how painful, how terrible, how long it is. It does not matter. I will turn it around for your good. So you have very, very special examples in the Bible. One is Joseph in the book of Genesis. Terrible things. Nothing terrible happened to all the others in the Bible. Like what he went through. But he loved God. He loved his father. He loved his brothers. Mm-hmm. He loved them all. So it turned out for his good at the end. The next one you come over there is in the Bible. If you specifically look with that one term. is David. Terrible things happened to David. Terrible things happened to David. He He did did terrible things also. But his end was spectacular, according Mm. to the word of God. David fulfilled the entire will of God in his generation and rested with his fathers. If you ask why, one line. He loved God. He loved God. Mm. This is a man after my own heart. Mm. He loved God. Okay. Paul loved God. No questions. These people loved God. So God says, love God. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Love God. Okay. Then, go to Corinthians. First Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The things which God has prepared for those who do not love him and those who love him are not the same. Mm -hmm. Not the same. Not the same. Right. Okay. If you have, if you need proof, picture proof, go to the book of Genesis. It's all there in the Bible, okay? It's all there in the Bible. Chapter 44, verse 32 to 34. It's on 40, no, sorry, 43, 43, 43, not 44, 43, 43, 32 to 34. Okay? Now they don't know Joseph. Joseph knows all of them. Eleven brothers are seated before Joseph. So they set him a place by himself, them by themselves, Egyptians who sat we ate with him by themselves because Egyptians could not eat food with Hebrews for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. Look at verse 33. They sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked in astonishment at one another. It is like this VIP great big meetings and all of before all of them come and name tag is put over there. CM, no, the governor. So that's where you sit. So when they came to eat, they found Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. And like, how did this happen? How, how did they were shocked? 
men looked in astonishment at one another because they have been seated according to their order. Hmm. Then he took, then he took, who took? Joseph took. It could be Joseph or saying uh, that he ordered them. This is how you need to serve. He took servings to them from before him, from his table. He took servings and he served them. But Benjamin's servings were five times as much as any of theirs. Why? Benjamin is the only one who loved Joseph. Never sinned against him. Mm. Why? The others didn't love Joseph. Mm. Benjamin loved Joseph. That was his own brother. He loved his brother. Never sinned against his brother. So the serving was different. Five is a number of grace. Much grace was shown to him as he loved differently. So please understand, the first commandment comes with its benefits. Eye has not seen, ear heard what God is preparing for those who love him. You look at it, otherwise it is not fair. Is it fair a man has 12 children, one loves the father so much, obeys the father so much, and the day before he dies and says, it doesn't matter, you're all my sins, you slept with my concubine, you tried to kill two of you, killed a whole city, you brought only shame, but I'm going to divide my property equally. It is not fair. Mm-hmm. It is not fair. Okay? It's not fair. Because it's talking about love, with which, come, which comes with that responsibility and all. And the eldest one was supposed to be the most responsible, right? Why? Double portion. Why? Because he actually has more time. Time is important in life to get to know the father because he's the firstborn. But instead, Joseph becomes the firstborn. Though he was born last, almost last, he gets to know the heart of the father. The heart of the father. So, that's how it works. So God says, there are so many things in the Bible if you read. Okay? If you go to the book of James, you know, James, and chapter 1 and verse 12. Yes, Okay? Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. First, you need to realize... The one who, okay, we will come back here, okay? Go to Matthew 24, 12. 11 and 12, 11 and 12. Again, the sign of the last days, all things will go haywire in the world. Many false prophets will rise up, deceive many, because lawlessness will abound. What will happen? The love. The love of men. This is not talking about the world. See, this has got nothing to do. It's got talking of the church. Mm. The love of many will grow. Cold. Lawlessness increases in the house. Mm. Lawlessness. It starts. Husband becomes violent. He screams. He shouts. The wife starts throwing tantrums. Lawlessness comes into the house. Or the church. Let's leave the church. Let's get in the house. Church is many houses. Lawlessness gets into the individuals and into the house. What happens? The love of many will grow cold, but you have to endure in love. Mm-hmm. That is verse 13. Mm-hmm. But he endures to the end, mm-hmm. shall be saved. It's not talking about your salvation. Mm-hmm. It is talking about your glorification. 
Yes. You have to endure. It doesn't matter. You still have to endure. You still have to endure in your love for God and your love for man. Your love is not constrained by outward circumstances. circumstances. Yes. It cannot be constrained by outward circumstances. Then it's not real love. Absolutely. Real love is internal, comes from God. Mm. So these things can happen. And it's a test. You have to understand it is test. That is what James 1.12 is talking about. There are different crowns. Mm. It's a crown of righteousness. Right. Crown of life. There's a crown of life. These are not the same. Now, mm. don't take this as literal crowns. Because these things, don't, these things don't matter in heaven. Mm. What matters is the kind and of the life you will be able to enjoy in heaven will differ. Mm, enjoying, yes. It's but not that God cannot give it to you. You will not be able to endure it, it mm. handle it if he gives to you because you did not come through the training process. Mm. He wants to give you that crown of life. But if he were to give it to you, you will collapse under the weight of it. You cannot handle it. You cannot handle it. So God says, go through the process. Go through the process. He who endures, 12 says, you know, when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which Lord has promised to those who love him. Love. Why does it always come and say love? Go to James chapter 2, verse 5. Rich in faith. Okay. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Why Why is it put it across? You have three things are put over there. One is poverty, the other is faith, and the third thing is love. Mm. Three things are put over there. Why did you put these three through? Let us say, Elijah was sent to Jerusalem. Arise, go to Jerusalem. I have commanded a very rich household to take care of you. No. Is it easy for him, for that person to give? No. But imagine you are poor. Mm. You hardly have anything left. Anything left. And this is the test for you. You have, this is, this is your last might. This is your last, the widow's last might. And the prophet comes over there. He says, give it to me. God says he has made those who are poor rich in faith. That's right. To be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom. So it is not enough you have faith. You also have to have love. And you also have to be tested with poverty. What is poverty? Lack. You don't have. She says, I have this much atta, flour, this much oil. We are going to make enough to make two cakes. We are going to eat and die. And that's when the test comes. Do you believe? Do you love? That's mm. why Jesus says there were many widows in Israel, but the prophet was sent. Ask these questions. Because these things matter. Mm. In eternity, these things matter. And in history, even in not biblical, modern history, if I'm right, it's a Duke, Duke of Wellington who de defeated uh, Lord Nelson and Duke of Wellington were the two um, American, uh, British commanders who defeated uh, Napoleon. Okay, if, if I'm right, Duke of Wellington, when he defeated uh, in the sea battle, when he defeated Napoleon, he was also wounded mortally. So he was on the on the ship, uh, in the ship, and they're tending to him, and all other wounded soldiers, all many dying, and he's also dying. And when they bring water to him to drink, he turns and says, give it to him. His need is greater. What do you say? So he's not just a general, he's a God character. Mm. Even when he's dying, he's able to see, see the, the thirst of somebody. Else. Jesus is going through 
agony, pain, humiliation, shame, thirsting. And he looks at one man and he says, he's asking for salvation. He's praying for others. He's meeting the cry of a dying man. What do you talk about that? And trusting his mother to his son. His mother. mother Everything he said. And if you look at Mm. his state, he is writhing in pain. Mm. And God is saying, you know what? He was poor. Mm. He was absolutely poor on the cross. But rich in faith and in love. He loved his father Mm. till the very end. And he loved man to the very end. This is how judgment is going to take place. And then we will say, Lord, everybody will say on the day of judgment, a judgment, Lord, you are fair, you are fair, you are fair, because nothing will be hidden, everything will be seen, and you will say, wow, that man, that woman really loved. We never knew how they loved, how they came, how their faith was. And we will say, Lord, there will be no jealousy, no, there will be regret, there will be regret, no envy, no jealousy, nothing at all. Nothing it will be there. Mm. And you know, anybody can run that race. We have mm. put in that race. And that's the one thing we need in that race over and over is this word endurance. He who endures till the end, therefore putting aside every weight and sin that easily run with endurance. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith, who endured the cross. The word endurance. People quit. Because they are not able to endure. endure. Endure doesn't come in one day. You have to endure. How does endurance come? Endurance. Like Paul, the direct princess says, how does long-suffering come? By suffering long. long. <laughs> There's no other way long-suffering can come. The only way long-suffering can come is by suffering long. How does endurance come? By enduring. But it's not enough to endure. At the end of your endurance, you should be more loving. Mm. That is the whole. There are a lot of people who endure. Their intolerance <laughs> level is very high. There. <laughs> that is not what God is. They come out more unloving. They endured it. That's not what God is talking about. God is talking about you should come out even more loving. You look at Joseph. By the time 30, I mean what he goes through, we can we cannot even imagine. Mm. It's not possible to imagine. What is a prison 4,000 years ago? 5,000 years. What is the kind of prison? What's hostility? You go back to that portion I gave you, 4332. Genesis 4332. Even in the Hebrews. They set himself a place by them himself and them by themselves. Egyptians who ate with him by themselves because the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. Let me ask you this question. Who is he? The Prime Minister. The Prime Minister, Governor of Israel. Still they won't eat with him. So what was he in prison? prison. Yeah. What was he in Potiphar's palace? Despised. Mm. Do you know what it was to uh, be scum. Hebrew? Mm-hmm. No? Like Despised. Scum. You may rise, but you I mean you you know this in our country. Yes. You may be a scheduled caste from the lowest. Okay. <laughs> they will smile at you because you have a position by by a reservation, you reach there, but they treat you differently. Mm. They treat you differently. That's why some of those old movies and all we saw with Mudhas because they were thrown out and made to eat from the floor. Despised. They were not even, even now, if I'm right, there are places where there are plates kept and glasses kept separately Mm -hmm. for the Dalits and for the others. Why? 
it's humiliation. There, there was a there was a uh, there was a uh, very famous Telugu poet called Guram Joshua. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he comes from this Dalit background, background and uh, when he rose into the literature of the of the pundits, they refused to give him the. Uh, it was a huge same humiliation. thing. Even Kerala, like the Kerala's greatest greatest singer is Yesudas, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, but he's a converted Christian, Latin Catholic. But he is the one who became a classical singer. Carnatic music was kept only for them, the Brahmins. He is the one who broke the glass ceiling. And he went through hell in the beginning because they refused to include him. But he became so popular and That's actually it. became the most, after Emmasubalakshmi, he That's became pretty. the greatest of the Carnatic singers. Mm-hmm. But you need to realize, who is Emmasubalakshmi? He's a Brahmin. Brahmin. Mm-hmm. Who is KJ Jesudas? He mm-hmm. said, He's not just a Catholic. There are two Catholics in Kerala: the Syrians who are Brahminical, and the Latins who are Dalits converted. He's a Latin Catholic. He broke it, but it was not very easy. Very yeah. easy. So you need to realize this is who he is, and yet he loved. Hmm. Yet he loved. When he's accused by Potiphar's wife, the Hebrew. And when he, the butler remembers the dream, there was a, piece, there was a they always identify you by, in, like in India, by your caste. Mm. Hebrew, Hebrew. For us now, we are saved and all. Oh, Hebrew, Hebrew. But it was not a good word mm. to be called a Hebrew. Called a Hebrew. So you need to realize, yet he loved, despised, put to shame, everything, ostracized, still. So when the Bible says, when Moses came of age. He, he refused to, to be, be called son. the Pharaoh's daughter's son and instead is calling himself of a rebuke. You don't know what a decision that is. Who can make a decision like that? Joseph mm. didn't have to make that decision. Mm. He was a Hebrew. But Moses is known as Pharaoh's son. Mm. Egyptian. He becomes a Hebrew. Okay, so you need to realize. And why did they do that? Because they loved God. And loved God's people. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's talking about. Eyes haven't seen, no ears heard, but God is prepared. That is what it means when God says, love never fails. He's talking about that kind of love. Everything else can fail in your life. Faith can fail. Everything can fail. There's only one thing God has given to us that has the power not to fail. It is the love of God in us. Love of God for us will not fail. And if we have that kind of love for God and man, it will not, not fail. fail. So he says, in the last days when everything mm-hmm. goes haywire, wars and pestilence and earthquake, all these disasters happen. What is going to happen? People are dying, poverty, all this, where it is like written in the the old covenant, women are eating their own children, sharing and making deals about. That is how hunger bites. And there are people sharing. Hmm. Think about this woman. This woman, Zarefat, woman in Zarefat, last meal. And she shares. Okay, as the Lord, I love, she doesn't know even his God very well. Your God, that's how she says. He says, it will not run out. Your flower will not Okay, first do it, man, then I will believe. No, first give it. <laughs> give it, then it will happen. Wow, that is faith. Mm. And she goes, man, she's, you know, it's, see, it's a mother. It's a mother. 
son probably think about you know all the ribs sticking out belly with hunger and he's been crying ma i'm hungry i'm hungry and then she has to make it before his eyes and take it and give it to him that's why jesus will come thousands of years later and says there were many widows in israel but the prophet mm-hmm. was sent and then he's sitting in the treasury and he's watching everybody mm-hmm. put their offerings in the bag and then comes a poor widow that's all she has two mites and she put it there question how much did she love god mm. i love man mm. jesus said she gave the most oh, she gave the most i think it is henry thoreau who said your riches will not be counted by how many servants you had but by how many you served yep. it's not how many <laughs> servants you had but how many you served thoreau was one of america's foremost philosophers thoreau and emerson and if i'm right he is the one who said your riches will never be counted in heaven by how much how many servants you had but how many you served your riches is never counted by how much you have but by how much you gave away is god that's how it will be counted okay so <coughs> jesus said it is finished he had given everything and paul said my life is life is poured out as a drink offering i have finished the race i have fought no umid hai i have the hope of that crown i'm very sure of the crown of righteousness because proof is this i have nothing left i've given my whole life over that's how you have to look at rewards because if you are not heavenly minded you will be of no earthly, earthly good. good for god mm, neither man here not there good. because we are all running a race pastor you should also take this another question also maybe before uh, i i want to take that little child yeah yeah this is question we number 1 we have to take that child yeah one question number 1 uh, this is question from Truck josh josh is one of our little okay you have no idea our Enoch. children have Enoch. parents like when we tell you before we look at the question he is 4 years old if i am right okay children have been created by god in such a way they will ask questions don't be too busy don't discourage them mm. they will ask you oh they're very curious they're fascinated by nature they will ask you a hundred questions if you let them each day they will ask you a hundred questions that is learning that is how a father and a mother teaches their child mm. and you have to have the wisdom to bring god always in the background in the picture so they will know children will ask so many questions about lizards if you're afraid of lizards they'll ask you about lizards they'll ask you about butterflies you have to show them that's why you have to show them because these are all all of creation all of creation what does it do what does the bible say displays the glory of god including a lizard mm. we may look at a lizard we may look at a chameleon and all but the bigger monitor lizards one watch you yeah. know how shivaji took Udu, the forks Udu, Udu, he Udu used the ropes to throw it they held <laughs> it once it. they hold it to pull it it's very difficult and the soldiers climbed yes. we may mock at the little lizard but it's vacuum. bigger vacuum <laughs> because his bigger cousin one watch and saved lives 
So all is God's creation in everything. See, why does Solomon say, you sluggard, go to the ant. We are worried about ant bite. God is saying, go and learn from him how to work. No? So all these things are there. Never discourage your children. They will ask so many questions. They should we should have the time and the patience, spend time with them, answer their questions, don't get irritated, don't ask a stupid question. They are not stupid questions, they are good questions. And according to their age, they are asking. And this is Joshua's question. What is Jesus' age? <laughs> how far is heaven from It's a very important. How far? Because he is interested in dinosaurs and all these things <laughs> and all. How far is heaven from yeah. here? Yes. What is Jesus' age? You know, because you have to... Now, how do you explain to a four-year-old child what is Jesus' age? Okay. Now, there are two Jesuses, which is one. One Jesus, but two Jesus. Before Jesus became man, he was a spirit being. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God forever. Eternity from everlasting to everlasting. So, in the Old Covenant, he's also called the Everlasting Father. Mm. He's from everlasting to everlasting. But because we goofed up, we messed up, the father had to send him. But he could not come as a spirit because it is not the spirit that sinned. It was man who sinned. Mm. So the spirit being had to become man. To become man, he needed a woman because sin or iniquity is traced from man. So he needed a woman. Mary becomes a woman. Jesus through her takes flesh, born of a woman. So that is his beginning as the God-man. God Not like the fake God-men we have in India. Mm. He is the actual <laughs> God who became man. Okay, that is his beginning. Today I have begotten you. That's what it means. Okay, God did not beget Jesus, then he cannot be with him in the beginning, but there was a beginning of Jesus, the Jesus we will see in heaven. That's where Jesus will be different from the Father and the Holy Spirit, because you can touch Jesus. He will have a body just like us, of mm. course, much more glorious, but same kind of body. You can touch, you can feel, he's a touch me, he's a touch. Flesh and blood, no, spirit does not have flesh and bones, mm. didn't he say that? Yes, Or there to look, look, he says, he says, touch me. He didn't say blood, he said flesh and bones, because I personally believe in the new creation body we get, there is no blood. Luke 24, Okay, blood 24, was in the old body, therefore blood was the source <laughs> of life. Behold my hands and my feet, see that it is, handle me. And see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Okay, mm. in the old body of man, blood was the source of life, so blood was given as atonement. In the new creation body, I believe the spirit is the source of blood, <coughs> life. It is won't be, won't be blood. Mm. Okay, it won't be. I don't think we will have blood over. I don't know. We will go there. We will realize. If you have not to keep poking each other, you won't bleed. Okay. So Jesus has a beginning. Jesus has a beginning. His beginning. That beginning, the Jesus has the God who became flesh. If you go to John chapter 14, uh, 114, chapter 1 and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, 114. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Mm. And we beheld his glory. This is, this is a question. This, you see, unbelievers and all these people do not understand uh, this question about where does life begin? <clears throat> when does life begin? So this is this 
they will say these Christians are very radical when they say life begins at conception. But the minute they have fused conception, that's when life begins. The question is, do you believe it or not? Was Jesus alive when he was conceived? <clears throat> That's a question. What if Mary was living in the 21st century and she conceived and she took a morning after pill? That is how Christian women have to ask the radical questions to understand the answers to these questions. I'm digressing because it's an important point. Because people, women, Christian women also say, no, what about Jesus? Is indeed the author and the finisher of our faith? <coughs> what if Mary was born in 20? God decided to start the work of salvation 6,000 years after creation and Mary was living in Nazareth in the modern day and Gabriel comes and she says, let it be. And she confesses, she changes her mind, goes to the pharmacy and takes a pill. What happens? Was he alive? Mm-hmm. Is he real? Mm-hmm. If he's real, so is your child. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's... Okay, that's we need to ask these mm-hmm. questions. This is not for condemnation. Yeah. This is for repentance and mercy <laughs> and say, Lord, give me the grace to make tough decisions in life. Tough decisions in life so that I can... Be. We cannot change our past. Only God can. And that's where repentance comes. He's merciful. He says, I know you came forgiven, wiped out. It is not blotted out. The Bible says his sins, his blood blots out our sin. So Jesus had a beginning. Jesus had a beginning. That was... John 1.40. So if you put in terms of man's time, okay, he lived, he lived and he died at 33. So he had a beginning and he had an end. That is that little line we put on gravestones, you know, born and died, B and D. So he was 33 years old by human time. How old is Jesus Christ? By human terms, he was 33 years old. But when he died, he reverted back to eternity. And the thing about eternity is, eternity does not have time. Eternity is not a, though it says forever and ever, it's for us to understand. Eternity is outside time. Outside time. It is timeless. There's no time there. There's no time there. Like for us to understand time, we did not have a watch and a clock in the beginning. So we had the sun and the moon, right? Sunrise and sunset. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So 12 hours of day, 12 hours of... That was how it is factored. But if you go to Revelation 21, there is no sun and moon. Mm. Sun and moon. So what is the light? God and the lamp. So does God set? (coughs) So there is no light. So there's no darkness. There's no sunset and sunrise. So I personally, because there are a lot of things we can only presume. I personally speculate or presume nobody will sleep. You don't need rest. You will never go tired. There's no sleep. There's no need for sleep. We sleep only because of sin and we are tired. Our body has to recuperate. (coughs) It's a new glorious body. There is no tiredness, no sweat. You don't need to sleep. Oh, I wish for the father and the son to set so I can sleep. There's no setting there. (laughs) Oh, it's going to completely retune, recalibrate your life. Because these are the things that keep you giving you hope Mm. and gives you the endurance to go through the trials we Mm. go through. So Paul's face, heart and mind is so much in heaven and is so useful to God and is going through 
everything a man can go through, he calls it momentary affliction, affliction. in the light of eternity. Mm. That's how you are. Otherwise, you will not be able to handle it. Because you need to, if you need to have hope, you need to have faith. If you need to have faith, you need to have faith in somebody or mm. something. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. What's your faith in? Your faith is in God and what God has said. So your hope is real. Mm. Hope is real. So if you ask me, how old was Jesus when he died? 33 and a half years old. How old is he now? The old Jesus, the spirit being, everlasting to everlasting. The new Jesus in this resurrected, new transformed body, he's around 2,000 years old. He's like the ancient. But he has no time. He's, like he's the, the ancient, ancient of ages. To make us understand, yeah. God gives ancient of ages, meaning from age to age to age, I was always there. I am. That's what he doesn't say, I was, I will be. So Jesus speaks in Revelation chapter 1. I think that is the yes. one for next Monday. Mm. The next verse will be that. We did till verse 7, right? Yeah, verse 8. Revelation 1, 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Okay, the beginning and the end. Says the Lord, who is, was, was and who is to come. So he's trying to explain to us with our little puny little minds can understand time. Who is? Who always is? Anyone who comes to God must believe that he, he is. is. First he says, this is who I am. So I was, this is who I am. Who is? Who was? And who is to come? The Almighty. Okay, that's who is. So George, about Jesus said, it's a very complicated thing. But when he was on earth, he died at 33, born and died at 33. Before that, he was everlasting to everlasting in his new glorified body. If you want to you look at in terms of that body alone, he's around 2,000 years old. But the spirit in him is from everlasting to everlasting. That is how you have to figure his time or age out. And the second question, how far is heaven from here? Heaven is a realm. It is not a distance. Let me try to explain it. To, let me try to think. How can Josh understand it? Okay. Josh, you are thinking. Even when I am talking, you are thinking. How far is your mind? Your mind is not a thing. It's a realm. Mind is not a thing. You cannot touch your mind. It's a realm. It's a different realm altogether. You can touch your brain, poke in and bring it and die. You can touch your brain, it can come out, all that. But you cannot touch your mind. It's a realm. So this is a different realm. Mm. So heaven is not far away. So when God says the kingdom of God is within mm-hmm. you, he's talking about a realm. Mm-hmm. It's a different It's a different dimension altogether. Yes. It is not like we are thinking. We live in a three-dimensional world. Heaven is not in that three-dimensional world. It's a different realm altogether. So you cannot measure it in distance. So Jesus is the kingdom of God is within, within you. It's so close. Uh, actually, the God is within you. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the the babies see the other dimensions. They do uh, because uh, because they're, they're so innocent. They say that they they can. Yeah, they can. Then, but we don't have to go to babies. We just have to go to Elisha. Yeah. The, the army of the Gentiles have come to arrest him. He says, "Who is this? Who is this?" 
that he says nobody is telling your secrets out or king there's a prophet in samaria who hears so send an army jahasi or whoever the servant is is petrified he wakes up in the morning sees all this Elisha is not petrified at all. Why is he not petrified? Because he is able to see into the other realm. Was the other realm? Was it far away? No. Mm. It was just right there. Chariots of fire surrounding. Mm. He was not afraid. Because he is able to see. He is able to see. So is heaven a billion miles away? No. No. So we talk about, when we talk about speed, we talk about the speed of light. No. Light is not the fastest thing. The fastest thing is your thought. Mm. There's nothing faster than your thought. When you talk about it, a, a star is a light year away, it actually means it is the distance can be calculated by the distance. A ray of light takes a thousand miles for a year to travel. I don't know the exact speed of light. It's called a light year. Mm. Light is very fast. Very fast. Okay, now I'll tell you something interesting. Okay, now think about a ray of light that has been traveling for, let us say, 2,000 years. Or 2,000, let us do 2023. 2023, let's approximately. A ray of light from Earth has been traveling for 2,023 years. 2023 light years away, there is a planet, let us say there is a set of creatures over there and they have found a telescope and when they are looking it, the light has reached. And if they are focusing on Bethlehem, what do they see? Christ is being born. born yeah. For them, when they see, it is now. For us, it was 2000 years ago. Understand time? Yeah. That is what God means. I am that I am. He has no time. Mm. So he has no past, present, future. Everything is present. He has seen my end from my beginning. And David will say in Psalm 30, it's too much for me to bear that all my days have been recorded in your book. Do you understand what it means? And mm. scientifically it can be proven. Yeah. So what is this person who lives outside time? He has seen the end from the beginning. That's why the book of Revelation calls Jesus the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world was laid. For God there is no beginning and end. That's what Jesus is saying. I am the, the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Everything. Who is, who was and who is to come. And God says, if you can't trust me, what is faith? Faith is in trust. In this God. Faith is in trust in this God. So when you go to the question, how far is heaven? Not, it's not a billion miles away. How does Jesus travel from there to here and then? No. He'll be in in an instant. Not even an instant also is a time. (laughs) So when rapture takes place, what is it called? Twingling of an eye. What is a twingling of an eye in human terms? It is one fraction of a second. One twenty-third of a second. The twingling of an eye. That is how they have tried to measure it. In the twingling of an eye, we will be changed. We are with him. Trip gone. It doesn't even take a second to be with the Lord. It's a twingling of an eye. In the same way, the twinkling of an eye, you will be in hell. <laughs> Absent in the body, present with the Lord. It's a twinkling of an eye. The soul is gone. Black mm. reaches. Okay. So when people are told of out of body experience, they are not able to say. Paul says, I don't know whether in the body or in the outside the body, but I know in the third heaven, 
It's, you cannot measure time. Once you're out, you cannot measure time. It's too much Josh for you to handle it. So settle on the dinosaurs for now. But I like your question. Okay, Josh? I like your question. Pastor, you want to take one more question? We can take. It's uh, question number two and then we can maybe stop. What is the importance of prophecy in the life of a Christian? If something has been... Okay, we will leave it. We will close for today. Because it's a very big question. It's an important question. Yeah, so... We have to not despise prophecies, yet test every prophecy. We have to be careful. We cannot live. (laughs) Because the last book of the Bible, the whole one third of the Bible is prophetic. The Bible is a prophetic book. And uh, the book of Revelation 1-3 is a blessing promise. Revelation 1 verse 3. Blessed are those who is he who reads those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near so Mm. we cannot escape prophecy but there are prophecies which we have to be i I would give you just as i won't answer the whole question but there are two kinds of prophecies prophecies which are connected with the eternal and prophecies which are connected with the temporal. And you have to learn to look at both and bring it together. That's how you test prophecy. If this prophecy which is connected with my temporal, how does it relate to my eternal? Mm. That's how you test. Brother, I'm prophesying. This is what the Lord says. In five years' time, you will become the CEO of the company. Which can be absolutely true. I'm not saying it's a false prophecy. But the question you need to ask is, if it is true, how does it determine my destiny? How it determine my destiny? Is it eternal? If I become a CEO of my company, will it mess up my destiny, my eternity? Do I have the character to handle that kind of a position? Will I fall away? Will I fall apart? Do I have? Do I have because no, you have to be very, very careful. Very, very careful. The eternal has to be always brought in because most people cannot handle that kind of rice. Poverty hasn't destroyed many people. Prosperity has. More people are in heaven, in hell because of prosperity, not because of poverty. Love of money is the root of evil, and by that many have pierced themselves, the Bible says. Too many sorrows. Mm. Too many sorrows. So the question is, because most temporal prophecies are connected with exaltation in this world, the question to ask is that, how does it affect my eternity? That's how you test. But we need prophecy. That gives you a confirmation of a direction you receive, Okay, you receive. Okay, so we have to be careful about these things. With that, we will stop. It's 8 o'clock. Let's pray. Pastor Vijay, close in prayer. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you once again for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness, your mercy toward us. Thank you, Lord, for all the questions that we've been able to, Lord, uh, listen the answers to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to our hearts in all these formats, oh Lord. Lord, through all this, I pray, Father, that you would wash us by the water of your word, that you would sanctify us, sanctify us and set us apart. And Lord, that our minds will be ready to receive what you have to say to us in the light of the eternity, O Lord Jesus, of the eternal and not the temporal. For all of us have to one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of what we have done in our bodies, whether good 
are bad. And therefore, I pray, Lord Jesus, knowing the terror of the Lord, we will all prepare ourselves for your coming through every format that you have given to us. And even as we come to the end of this day, and, and if you choose to give us yet another day in the land of the living, I pray, Lord Jesus, we will be all found in your house on time to receive from you and to prepare ourselves. We thank you, we praise you, give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.